0: Father, we pray this morning for the minister of your word, Reverend Kasim, as he comes to minister. We pray for a fresh action, O Lord. We pray that may your fire on heaven fall upon him, Jehovah, that may he minister with a special anointing, Jehovah, Lord. Father, even as he urges us this morning to sanctification, O God. Father, we pray may you give him utterance, O Lord. Father, we come against any attack of the enemy. And we plead the blood of Jesus. We pray for everyone watching at home this morning. May you give them a listening heart. Open, O oh God, their, their, their listening ears, oh Lord. And may you remove every distraction, O oh Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray and believe. Amen.
1: My name is Ryan Musumba, and I will recite 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 from verses 23 to 28. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Brothers and sisters, pray for us. Greet all God's people with a holy kiss. I charge you before the Lord to have this letter read to all the brothers and sisters. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you you very much, Ryan. Thank you. Let's give a clap for him. Thank you so much. And thank you all of you that are watching out there um, in hospitals. Someone is watching from a hospital bed. May the Lord bless you. From a prison, may the Lord bless you. In your car somewhere on a trip, may the Lord bless you. And those that are watching from the house, may the Lord bless you. And walk with us this morning through our sermon sanctification in daily experience. We continue with a series, uh, Seizing the Moment of Restoration. That's the series we're concentrating on this month of April. And we are still focusing on moments to seize in our lives, even at a time like now. Our theme is the moment of restoration, which Easter, you know, came to achieve. We have previously uh, been reminded by Zechariah that Christ died and shed his blood to cleanse his beloved from the lot of sin. And he was struck to free his beloved. The sheep of his pasture are now free to feed from his grace daily. And he has also reminded that the Lord's fire of persecution and trials comes from a loving Savior to refine us from the impurities of shallow faith as we go through refinement. And as part of the journey to restoration, Apostle Paul points uh, out to the, to the Thessalonians brethren to a factory of the saints, so to put it. A factory of the saints. In the Lord's factory, The believer is molded in his glory, in his journey towards glorification. When the glorified Christ shall return in his glorious appearance. And now we labor and wrestle against giants, spiritual giants of of forces. In the process, we suffer. Sometimes we look like we are losing battles. We face hard situations in this life and valleys. We are shouted by these giants of pilgrimage telling us that we are not making it. Death, sickness, emotional valleys, and ministry breakdowns, or even aging, sometimes seem to keep us away from our focus on the glory to come. In chapter 5 of 1 Thessalonians, Apostle Paul is kind of instructing He is hard giving the impression that our pilgrimage has momentous days ahead. There is a day of destruction that is coming as we see in chapter 5, verse 1 to 3. A day of destruction is coming. But he also talks about a day of deliverance that is coming from verse 4 to 11. And the Lord himself shall deliver his own. That is why a day of deliverance is coming that he sees. Meanwhile... Keep peace in the church. Verses 1 to 18, that's the idea. As we wait for that day, keep peace in the church. Make sure the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, his bride, is kept quiet and sober. And sober up, you believer, in a daily sanctification. Verses uh, uh, 12 to 19. But before we expound on Paul's instructions, we shall take a, 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 a step back to the Old Testament. So that we can understand sanctification. First of all, we see Israel called. There was a call for Israel to be separated. Israel is claimed by God as his own, the firstborn. When we look at Exodus chapter 4, verse 22, we see that then say to Pharaoh, This is what the Lord says, Israel is my firstborn son called to a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. Israel was called and claimed to be his own firstborn. Israel was actually in the world, in the nation. And therefore they needed to go to a desert of private company of the Holy One of Israel. In Exodus chapter 4, verse 23, the verse next, it says, and I told you, let my son go, so he may worship me. But you refuse to let him go, so I will kill your firstborn son, whom you are proud of because you have your, you have your firstborn. But I, God, have, my, I also have my firstborn, Israel. Israel, therefore, was called to live alone, according to Numbers chapter 23, verse 9. From the rocky peaks, I see them. From the heights, I view them. I see a people who live apart and do not consider themselves one of the nations. This, this is how Israel was sanctified. Separated for God. They became his own son. His beloved. Now we go back to the New Testament. To hang out with Apostle Paul. Even as we understand sanctification in the New Testament. And I want to take you briefly to uh, Hebrews chapter 10. Then we can come back to um, uh, uh, First Thessalonians. This is what verse 14 of Hebrews chapter 10 says. For by one sacrifice he has made perfect. I have underlined mine there. He has made. Because there are tenses there. There's a tense there. So he has made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. And I have underlined that one. Being made. So he has made perfect forever. Those who are being made holy. Holy. So sanctification therefore seems to mean to separate that which is set apart for God from evil to good. To separate from evil to good, to sanctify, to separate, to make holy. This separation is a separation of holiness. It also means therefore disconnect between evil and good. But this is really very hard for mankind to achieve. Why? Because we live in an evil world with evil company. This is what Isaiah said, Lord, when you are calling me to a holy mission. He said, I am a man of unclean lips. I live among the unclean. How can therefore a believer be disconnected from evil to good when we are living here? When my cousins are not yet born again. When we are living in a world made, uh, you know, governed by policies and uh, very many programs that are also not holy. When we are living in a community which is not genuine, uh, which is not genuinely thinking about us, this is really hard. But it also means transformation into the image of Christ himself. So it is separation. It is disconnect. It is transformation. This is what we are talking about here transformation, uh, uh, sanctification. Now there is a past tense here which means judicial position or a legal position, what we are before God. It is the impartation of Christ's righteousness. Justification means imputation, that because I am righteous, therefore you are righteous. But sanctification here is impartation, transfer of God's righteousness, the Lord's righteousness, to the believer, his beloved. This is very important to begin thinking about here. The Holy Spirit impart new life, to a new believer who was once a dead being now he a new life is imparted by the power of the Holy Spirit and becomes a new being. The believer is now freed from dominion of sin and is now spirit-led. Not self-led, but spirit-led. He is now a new regenerated being. This is what happens, the judicial position. Now you are a son of God. Now you are adopted into the family of God. But there is also the present tense. When he says that they are being made holy, it means progressiveness of sanctification. And it all depends on the attitude of a believer. It depends on us, dear listener, dear viewer. It it depends on the believer's obedience that you are able to obey. And we are taught by Jesus himself who obeyed the Father. On the cross, when he suffered so much, At one point he prayed and said, may this cup go behind me. But he remembered it is the father's instruction so that he may come and save the lost. And he was also very humble. He actually obeyed and said, father, let your will be done. For I am just a piece of clay, and you are the Potter. This is what Paul is, is suggests. And of course, Christ was very humble. He had the power to say, but he kept silent. This is what we learn of Christ. The progressiveness of sanctification depends on these three things here. The believer's obedience, the believer's humility, and the believer's responsibility. The responsibility of growing in grace and knowledge. The responsibility of presenting our bodies. To God, that we offer our our bodies as living sacrifice, offering them, presenting them, not the Holy Spirit, but the believer presenting the body before Christ as a living sacrifice. It depends on us. God has therefore sanctified us in his plan and purpose. It is up to us to sanctify ourselves and separate ourselves. Looking at the picture of the Old Testament where God wanted Israel separated even coming from Egypt to go to the desert to a private company with the Holy One of Israel. This reminds me of our wedding day where I had to give out the girl uh, that I needed to marry on a night, and I actually hired people, and I realized that they were tearing her skin apart. At one point, I went to inspect, and I realized that she was looking very different. I don't know. It was mud. I don't know what they call it in the, you know, the, 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 they, they know better. But she looked very tattered. The face was, uh, was deformed. But tomorrow morning, it, things were different. And I remember that uh, before the wedding, she needed to kind of cut the weight. I think she was not eating so that she can fit within the dress that she has chosen. It is that kind of a situation. When I was waiting for her to come, I said, all this suffering, it was worth it. She was separated. There were some other ladies, but she looked separated. She was dressed differently. She was beautified differently. She was walking differently. Her handbag was different. What was separate, it was separated. It was standing out, you know, from all the other ladies. This is the whole idea. Separation. Set apart. Standing out, this is what Christ is talking about. But there seems to be a future tense, which means f- finalness or perfection of sanctification, as we see in First John chapter 3, verse 1, that although now we don't see things clearly, there is a day that is coming where we shall see everything clearly and we shall become like him when he comes from the sky because we shall see him as he is, and therefore his glory shall shine upon us and we will be glorified. We will be changed when we enter into his presence on that day of the Lord. We will be completely changed. There shall be finalness. There is finalness and perfection of this sanctification. We shall be called a glorification because we will be glorified. Therefore, Christ's objective is a spotless believer, a holy and a pure believer when he comes from the, for the church. It is actually about three things here. It is an attitude, it is a process, and it is an attainment. It's an attitude that a soul deliberately takes a direction of purity in God. And the key word here is Deliberately. That a believer deliberately decides to take the direction of holiness and the purity. Deciding deliberately is a process because there is a discipline of the Spirit. There is growth in the knowledge of God day by day. And there is an attainment. It is actually an attainment because there is perfect in the integrity of the Spirit. That we attain sanctification. A believer is growing towards an attainment where you are looking at a perfect integrity of the spirit. Because the spirit that is in us, our spirit is not fully, perfectly, uh, of perfect integrity. We are defiled every day. Defiled every day. But there is a symmetry of character that we expect it will come. Sometimes that character is here. We are molded by the Holy Spirit, but we never attain that. So we are moving towards attainment in that kind of a future. So having this in mind, we now join the Thessalonians as they read these closing instructions in the Apostles' letter. Paul's formula for sanctification in verses 19 to 28 of 1 Thessalonians. And these verses, as read, as recited by Ryan, they are very beautiful. First of all, the preacher last Sunday, Reverend Mulandi, took us through verse 19 to about 23. And we see the enemies of sanctification, which the believer is told, beware them. Beware the enemies of sanctification. One of them is the stifled stimulus of the Spirit. Therefore, the Holy Ghost is at work in you but a believer is stifling the stimulus of the spirit. A believer is living carnal. A believer is living a social life. There is no stimulus of the spirit. Beware. Number two, belittled prophetic utterances that they were. The Lord is still speaking to us through circumstances, but we belittle that which we hear. Even the sermon is like entertainment. You hear a great sermon and you forget within two weeks. Yet the Holy Spirit was speaking to you through the prophetic utterances of a sermon and very many other things. But today there are also preachers who are um, uh, claiming to be prophets and they release very unique, uh, very, very, very disturbing prophecies. So, there is the problem of the vulnerable Christian or the gullible Christian. Therefore, test the prophecy according to verse 21. But there is also the problem of complying with the evil. Verse 22 Therefore, respond to appropriate, genuine prophecy. So, number one, there are enemies of sanctification beware them number 2 where we are now concentrating it is the areas of sanctification and we will be we will be looking at areas of sanctification we will be looking at assurance of sanctification and finally the aids to sanctification three a's we have already done with the first uh, a which uh, the, the, the first e which is enemies of sanctification so now we concentrate on these areas of sanctification verse 23 Paul seems to tell the Thessalonians please concentrate on these areas because they are the gates these are the gates we are discussing the gates he is bringing um, a threefold description of the human man the natural man he is talking about the body the whole body and the whole soul and the whole spirit the whole body is the heart, the emotions. These are the gates of the heart, the gates of the emotions. And the soul is the gate of the mind, the gate of the intellect, the gate of the aspirations. Yet yet the whole spirit needs to be, to be valued, needs to be guarded, even as we walk in the factory of sanctification. Because that is where the visionary spirit is, which sees the visions of a new Jerusalem. And I'm looking at uh, a drawing, I looked at a drawing of uh, someone called Clarence Larkin. He actually drew something very beautiful, like a circle, to illustrate this, and I agree with him. So if you were to imagine a circle, and you divide it into three, the one outer one is called the kernel, or the whole body that Paul is talking about. The whole body then would be in the outer circle. In the middle circle, there is the whole soul, which is the natural. It is the soul, and it has some gates I'm going to describe briefly. And then inside is the spirit. Is the spirit all the pneuma? That is the spiritual. Outer is the kernel, as Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. And inside in the middle is the natural, which uh, Corinthians described, 1 Corinthians 2, 14. It is the natural man, which is the soul. Which is the soul, which is about the intellect, about the reasoning, you know, all these kind of things. And inside is the spirit. But Paul seems also, it has been suggested by some that he seems to draw from the from the arena of the Israelite uh, uh, tabernacle that there was the outer court where people used to enter into the tabernacle and there was water there for you to personally wash yourself. Then you would get. Into the holy place where you would express yourself in what you want. Because you want cleansing. What is it that you want? And if it's the, 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 the priest, he is speaking on your behalf. That is the place to express yourself. And then there was a place you could not get into except the high priest. And that was the holy, the holy of holies. That is where the mercy seat is. And so when Paul is describing, saying that God, beware, concentrate on the areas of sanctification that the factory of sanctification is concentrating on these three areas, the whole body is, there is the five senses. There is the gate of the eyes, called the eye gate, because that is the sense of sight. Because we will reason and we will be who we are depending on the things that we see, the disruptions we have. Paul is even advising us that if you will ever no, no, it is Jesus himself. If you will ever miss heaven because of the eye, you better be blind. Because the eye will keep away people from getting to heaven. Sanctification will fail through the gate of our eyesight. There is also the nose gate. The nose gate because we smell. We smell things that we can reject and appreciate. There is the nose gate. That is part of the whole body. There is the ear gate because we hear many things. We defile our th- ourselves with very many esp- Especially the company, the people that you spend time with, they say very many things. The fashion is changing us, is transforming us. The shen, the language, everything from the ear gate is changing us. Is it contributing towards our finalness of um, sanctification? We have the taste gate. We have the mouth gate because of taste and of course because of uh, saying things. We, we, we do a lot. This is very important. We also have the feel gate, the hands. The field gate, so the body, guard that body. The Lord is working on you in these five gates because it's the entire body. But there is also the soul, which is the natural part. And this is where the memory, the the gate is actually the memory. And this memory has very many cousins. That is where conscience is. That is where guilt is. That's where you can sin and be convicted and the Holy Spirit is able to get in touch with you through this conscience. And if you do not feed it well, you continue in perennial sinfulness and you never feel bad. You are sinning and sinning and therefore getting away from the focus on the day of the Lord where we shall be fully glorified. There is also the imagination where you say that Jerusalem, I see heaven imagination of how things will be, how the gates of heaven will be. No wonder the singer says how beautiful heaven must be. A place for the angels and for the holy. The imagination is here on the soul. And there is also the reasoning where you say, no, this is only a short while. You can read the word and say, this suffering is only for a short while. I will remain there. I will keep pure. I will keep waiting upon the Lord. I will not reason to the voice of discouragement because I reason knowing very well we are here only for a short while. In a little while, the Lord shall come. This is where the soul is. And this is where the affection is. Many people mismanage this. They enter into depression. They withdraw from their marriage. They withdraw from the, from the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ. They get discouraged. They look at the other people and they think they don't appreciate them. The pastor doesn't appreciate me. The leader does not appreciate me. You are reasoning and feeling affectionate. If you do not guard it, you may never make it to the day of the Lord. Therefore, this is the soul. Affection, reason, memory, conscience, imagination. Finally, he is addressing the spirit. And there is the gate of the will. The gate of the will. And the senses, the sense factories where the believer has faith. You have grown above the five senses. You have grown above the memory, the memory gate. Now you are on the gate of the will. And the believer is growing towards the day of the Lord where you will be told he has run the race. He has run the race very well. He has done his work when the day of your burial has come. And this is where the believer is full of faith. He is full of hope. He is full of reverence. He is full of prayer. And worship is taking place here where the Holy Spirit is taking control. This is a spiritual insight. Paul is very deliberate. Paul has recorded this because these are the areas of sanctification in the factory of of sanctification. But then he goes ahead to talk about the assurance of sanctification in verse 24 and by this what does he mean hang on there hang on these assurances of sanctification if you are planning to take a long distance if your salvation and the journey of the walking in the lord will go far beyond marriage student that you are born again and you are not yet married. If you will get married and continue and continue in the journey until you are old. If you are planning to take a long distance, then hang on these assurances of sanctification. One of them, it is assured, you are assured of God's call. That he is the one who calls you. He said he is the one who called you. He called you personally. He personally called Abednego. He knows me by my name. He knows my name he knows me, he is God he is not limited in memory he knows Maggie he knows Ryan he knows you, he called you from darkness, he knows you this is the assurance that Abednego is called of God, even if I am rejected, even if people doubt me even if people don't accept me I have been called by God I am assured, therefore I will live tomorrow this assurance is very important But it's also the assurance of God's faithfulness. That he is faithful. He who called you is faithful. His faithfulness is constant. It is reliable. We will never find a human being who is reliable. Men and women are not reliable. They change their minds. Husbands change their minds. Wives change their minds. Their minds are worked on by the social media. They are changed by other people, peer groups, self-help groups, education. The, the college you went to, people change. And their faithfulness changes. But God is faithful. He called me is faithful. He will take me through the seasons, through the valleys and the mountains, through the ups, the panda of life, as uh, our senior pastor calls it. He is faithful and he is constant. And therefore, I can live tomorrow. I am assured of God's call for me as a bednego, and I am assured of God's faithfulness. Even when the pastor is unfaithful to you, even when the church has not been faithful to follow up on you, there is the great shepherd who is ever faithful. Praise the Lord. But I'm also assured of God's promise. I am assured of God's promise that God is not a man that he should lie, neither is he a son of man that he should repent. He is faithful and he is the one who called you, yet he has promised. God is not a man that he should lie, neither a son of man that he repents. What he has said, he will do. And I remember very well, when I finished my primary uh, level of education, I did not have school fees, and I did not have any hope. I did not even have a shoe. I remember I had uh, some, some, some plastic, no, I think it was rubber, rubber. They were called marina shoes, open, that somebody had blessed me with it. And I saw I had passed very well, as some people may know. But then, I had no chance to go to school. And I saw people prepared. I saw people going with their boxes. And I knew that I'm doomed. I looked at my family and I knew that we are doomed. I had not even come to the Lord as my personal savior. But I remember the Lord's voice in a certain river that I went to cry there. And the Lord told me clearly, Abednego, I had just been baptized. But of course not born again. But I remember, Abednego, I will give you a wife. He did not even talk about uh, education. First of all, a wife. And that is a small boy. I do not even have even two uh, pieces of beard anywhere. And then I'll give you a wife. Then I'll give you a, a family. And I'll give you money. And I'll give you a car. A car. When I have no rubber shoe. In fact, I was not dreaming for a leather shoe. I was dreaming for a rubber shoe because I was in a, in a, in a, in a, in a plastic uh, shoe. Like, yeah, plastic shoe. And then he's talking about a car. Do you know, today I have a wife. Today I have a family. Today I have an old car, but actually it, it, it moves. And the Lord is faithful. The Lord has made a promise what he says he has done and he will carry me until the day of the Lord. I am persuaded, I am persuaded that he who began a good work in me, he is able to perfect it until the day of the Lord. Amen. I am persuaded that he is faithful because he has made a promise, he is not a man. And finally, Paul gives the Thessalonians the aids sanctification. In verse 25 to 28, the aids to sanctification, the things that help us in sanctification. You too, dear believer, value them and keep waiting for the day of the Lord. Value them even and treasure them as you keep waiting upon the day of the Lord. Number one, it is the prayers of brethren. He says, pray because you will need prayers of a brethren in this journey. The Lord may have called you to a ministry of intercession, but there will be a season you will only survive by the prayers of yesterday and the prayers of the saints. How many times have you been brought down by stresses of this life and you cannot pray? Brothers and sisters, even me as a pastor, there are days, there are mornings that I have just fallen there. We have also gone through trials and there have been rejection. There has been insult. There has been efforts to shame. Even to pull you down. Even to frame you. If you are planning to join pastoral ministry, welcome to the club. Sometimes of tears. Sometimes of shame. And there are those moments you just sit down and you cannot pray. You will survive on the prayers of brethren. Amen. Amen. Please, ask for prayers more than you ask for cash. Ask for prayers more than you ask for favor. Brethren, pray for me. Even you pray for me. I need prayers from brethren. You will need prayers of brethren. This is why you need to join a group. This is why you need to be in the church. This is why you need to join prayer sessions so that even as we pray for you, you hear and the gate of hearing is purified. Don't stay at home. You think that you are a prayer giant, you will need the prayers of the saints. Paul is telling the Thessalonians, if you are planning to to walk a long distance, value depends on prayers of brethren. Number two, you need fellowship of brethren. Verse 26 when he says in verse 26, when he says, Brothers and sisters, greet all God's people with a holy kiss, where will you find them if you are not fellowshipping with them? Where will you greet brethren if someone, if Pastor Gebre in Addis Ababa, if he calls Brother Ochenge and tells him, Greet the brethren, Brother Ochenge knows that he has a wall for men. He knows that he has home groups. He knows that he will pass the greeting because he's in fellowship with the brethren if you have to 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 pass greetings to pass what the lord is saying even sharing a verse and sharing a, a, a revelation then you need the fellowship of brethren you need a church you need a church you need to know where you belong so that you because you will depend on the fellowship of brethren we miss you you can see me trying to look like a courageous here, but I really miss you brothers and sisters that I can't see you. Every time I see you, every time I see you persevering and I know what you're going through, I see you coming to church. having a, I don't know where you've gotten some Vaseline from. You may not even have anything, but I can see you have put your effort to come to church. I remember your commitment. And it boosts my, my commitment as well. I say, Lord, I'm going to serve you. If Benjamin is serving you, I am going to serve you. If Kevin is serving you, I am going to serve you. When we meet together in a fellowship, you encourage me in the journey. If you stay alone, divided, we do what? We fall. The fellowship of brethren, he wanted them that, do that. And he also wanted them to heed eat, to, eat, to the orders of the Lord. Because I charge you In the name of the Lord. That we have been charged. It is not just because of prayers. It is not just because of the fellowship. But because of what the Lord wants us to do. What does the Lord want us to do here? The Lord has brought me from very many places within the last five five years. Very many pulpits. And the Lord wants me to be in guy for this season. I don't know what he wants me to do in 2022. But because the Lord wants me here, I will serve here with joy. I will put all my best before the time is over because of the orders of the Lord. The Lord has taken you to a place, to a mountain Do the best. Maximize before the time is over. People have squandered their opportunities, but do not squander your opportunity. The Lord loves you very much. Remain there. Do not squander the opportunity. Remember to stay within the order of the Lord, verse 27a. But verse 27b also talk about the writings of the apostles. Read the word of God. Depend on the word of God. So so that you say through it all, I have learned to depend upon his word. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I have learned to depend upon the word of God. Everything else will change, but the word of God will not change. If you're planning to take a long distance, then depend on the writings of the apostles. Read them day and night. Try to understand them. And finally, the grace of God. Music team, come forward as we finalize here. I know you are seated there, you know, are listening to it, but just come, we minister together. Finally, he said, may the grace of God be with you. It means that this is an aid to sanctification. We need the grace of God. May the grace of God abound in your life. You will need the grace of God to take you the long mile. Through it all, you will say that I've learned to depend upon God because he will take you from glory to glory because he is truly in conclusion. The day of the Lord is at hand. The day of our glorification is coming, believers. This life be full of ups and downs and the dark nights may come our way, but yet the Holy Ghost is at work in us. He is sanctifying us. He is setting us apart through all these things that are happening. He is cleansing our desires every day. He is handing you over sometimes to the torturers, the way I handed over a wife to be to our torturers. But the Lord knows that tomorrow will be better. He is, sometimes he is also uh, cleansing our aspirations along the pilgrimage. And He truly is the fountain of our sanctification. Behold, the captain of our salvation has come. He is bringing many sons to glory through the factory of sanctification for sure he is the fountain of our sanctification Lord oh yes Lord we come to that fountain of cleansing we come because we are invited by you dirty and there as we are that we remain in the world and suffer there yet there is an open invitation come to me or ye that labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest we come to that fountain even in our fields Lord even when our gates are defiled when our eye gate has been defiled by the things that are happening in this world when our ear gate has been defiled by the things we are hearing even when our touch gate has been defiled Lord we come and dip ourselves into the blood of jesus christ for a cleansing lord may you walk with us and cleanse us this morning even the one who is coming to you telling you lord i come to you cleanse me and accept me as your own father may you welcome into the house of the kingdom that they may be refreshed that they may find rest those that have gone back and are coming back they are back leading lord may you bring us back those that have been standing Yet we are falling into sin. May the power of the Holy Spirit convict us, dear Lord, and move us towards holiness. Dear Lord, may you have your way in our lives. Even as we walk in the pilgrimage, dear Lord, that we may be cleansed through these days. Through this factory, dear Lord. Sometimes through detraction, through torture, as dear Lord. Sometimes through the very many beautiful things that are happening, Lord, we surrender and we submit to your factory. That one of the days we shall be disappearing. We will just vanish into the air when the trumpet has been blown. And therefore, Father, give us the grace. May the grace of the Lord abide in your life. The grace to take you through sicknesses. The grace to take you through brokenness. The, the grace to take you through even the uh, during moments when you have no money and joblessness. May the grace of God abide in your life. May you look tomorrow and say, He waited on me. It is by the grace of God that I have survived a season that is very difficult. May the Lord surely come through for you. May His grace sustain you. May His grace sustain you until you have found help. Even when you have no answer. Even when you are crying and the answer and the tears don't seem to go. May the Lord sustain you. May His grace be there for you. It is a good aid for you. The Lord will Will keep you the lord will sustain you the lord will protect you the lord will defend you you will come back and say surely this is the lord's doing this is our prayer to you for you in the name of jesus christ our who is our lord and savior amen and amen we have come to the end of the service and therefore let us give a clap unto the lord because he is faithful and he is good and even as we go home and now may the grace Of of our Lord Lord Jesus Jesus. Christ, and the The love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, be with us now, and forevermore. Amen. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. God bless you.